Now, the book of Romans, we know that the first eight chapters, really, actually the first 11, but the first eight deal with New Testament teaching, doctrine. Uh, It presents man as a sinner in need of a Savior. And then chapters 9, 10, and 11, some call it a parenthesis, but it answers that question. If God keeps his promise, what's happened with Israel? And chapters 9, 10, and 11 will tell us that. That for this time, he set Israel aside to deal with Gentiles. And then picking up in chapter 12, it it really shifts from doctrine, if we could stay with our D's, to duty, responsibility. And Paul does that in many of his epistles. And so chapters 12, 13, on over to to 15 and 16, they, they deal with the doctrine or the duty that we have as a believer. How to how to apply and move forward in our Christian life. Now, we're going to look at a couple of verses in chapter 12. Actually, chapter 12, uh, the first two verses deal with our relationship with the Lord. Uh, Verses 3 through 5 deal with our relationship with each other in a church. I know you won't believe this, but actually sometimes there's problems in churches with people. (laughs) All right, and then actually verses 6 through 8 deal with our responsibility of responsibility to develop our spiritual gifts to be used with inside a church. Now, we're not going to get into all that today. And really, you know, I trust that we're going to look, we're going to look at a couple of verses that we're familiar with. But I trust that as we do, I'm certain you've heard messages on these verses before. And so my, my prayer to the Holy Spirit is that he'll give you recall of what you've heard and that this would either be a, a refreshing of what you know or a, just a, a confirmation of what you know or just using it to help you build in your Christian life. Long ago I learned that uh, you know the Spirit of God can use messages that we've heard even years and years ago. He's able to bring that file out and, and just give recall. And as he does, if we will allow him, he can instruct us and teach us much. But here in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 are really, I heard one preacher say that these are the threshold to the Christian life. Now, a lot of times we think that, you know, they're verses that should be preached in a Bible college or a Christian school to kids to present their bodies a living sacrifice and this sort of thing. But really, it's, it's the entrance to a Christian life. And one reason I came to this passage, I, I had prayed about preaching out of Ezra, you know, where they had the dedication of the temple and things like that. And, and that is our desire. As you, you dedicate this place, this beautiful auditorium here, but you know that in God's timing, that this carpet right up here might be worn from the knees of people coming. That there could be some tear stains on this, this beautiful uh, platform here, of people weeping as they get things right with God. That even back where you are, that, that there would be tear stains on some of those seats where on a Wednesday night and we have time of prayer that, that people actually are, are so burdened about unsaved friends and loved ones that, that it takes them to tears as they pray for their salvation. And you know that, that you would look across and, and say, dear God, I claim this, this row. Lord, help me to fill this row. 
Help me to do those kind of things. So it is our desire for these things, but, but really it comes back to, if we want to dedicate this place, we must first be dedicated. You know, it would be, and I don't, I don't mean to be rude about this, but quite, quite honest and blunt, it's hypocrisy to pray for the dedication of this place if we're not first and foremost dedicated. I think we all know that. But anyway, here in Romans 12, verse 1, it speaks of our relationship with the Lord. And Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Do you know anything of the mercy of God? I, I deserve hell. I don't deserve any of the blessings of God I've enjoyed over these past 40-some years as a Christian. And yet, even as I study Romans, I see there where it really tells us where we stand before God and, and the fact that you and I are an offense to Him in our natural state. But God in His mercy sent His Son, we know, to die on the cross for our sin. And through Him we can have eternal life. And now Paul uses that. He says, what leverages this point is, I beseech you in light of Calvary, in light of the multi, uh, just the plethora of blessings of God on our lives every day. He says, I beseech you to present your body a living sacrifice, not a dead sacrifice like the Old Testament. And you know, the, the thing that really in this passage, that one of the points that really just rises up for me is the word present. It's translated yield back in Romans chapter 6. But listen, it's, what calls my attention is the verb tense. Now, I wasn't a grammar student in, in high school nor in, in college. I mean, I got through it you know, by the grace of God. But do you know that the tense of the verb they, they tell us is, it's called punctiliar. Now, that might not mean a lot, but it's a one-time action that continues. It, it's not one time and it stops. You know, yesterday it rained. That's punctiliar, or that's a one-time, not a one-time, I guess it's every day here, but that happened, but you know, it stopped raining. When he says, present your body, it's something, it's a choice that you and I make after conversion. It takes place, but then it becomes a style or a manner of life. And so as we, we think about that, he says, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Have you done that? Many of you have. Maybe you haven't. I mean, has there been that time in your Christian life when really you realized, you know what? My life isn't my own. I'm bought with a price. It's God's plan, and not necessarily that I preach or go to a foreign country, but it's God's plan that I give my life. I choose to give my life right back to the Lord. And that every day of my life might be dedicated to him. I can remember as a young Christian way back in those days, I can remember one time going to the altar there at, at Tabernacle years and years ago when I, I did. I, I yielded my life to the Lord. I said, I'll, I'll go wherever you want me to go. 
I'll do whatever you want me to do. And I meant that. But it didn't just stop there. You know, and this isn't to build me up. It's just a personal testimony that then there was a time that God dealt with my heart about going to Bolivia. And the struggle there, and more than anything, just wanted to be sure that's what he really wanted. But I can remember where I was when that was settled. And then when we had been there for about 11 years and, and came out, worked in the mission office for a while, I knew that that's not what I'm good at. I don't like just sitting in an office. But anyway, through a series of things, uh, the, the church there at Gateway, it became, uh, you know, they didn't have a pastor. And, and we were just praying about, Judy and I were, as far as, do we go back, try and go back to Bolivia? Do, what do we do? And, and I can remember walking one morning early and, and just walking out on the main road there and having a time of prayer. And there, getting it settled with the Lord, about staying and pastoring Gateway. You know, so, and these are things that, and again, I, I don't say that, and I'm sure your pastor could give the same testimony about being here. These are things that, that should be in all of our lives. They should be in those times when we make major moves, especially. That we, we seek the will of God, that's what we call it. But all too often we don't. But if we're going to really dedicate this place to the Lord, I I think, first of all, we should give serious consideration to this truth. Am I dedicated to Christ? Have I presented my body, my life, to the Lord? And you know what I found out? Now, early on, I learned that this passage, especially when uh, it speaks of sacrifice, you know, in the Old Testament economy, that sacrifice, they would check its mouth to make sure that, you know, it had all its teeth, and and it had to be a sacrifice of top-notch quality. Well, I I don't know about you, but I'm bumping 70 now, and and physically, I'm not top-notch quality. (laughs) Just not. But, you know, this verse is still for me. Because I find, really, in the New Testament setting, this outward man, as I, I mentioned in Sunday school, this outward man can change. But the inward man is what God's concerned about. And, you know, I might not be able to do some of the things I used to do, and I can't. But there's still life to serve the Lord. I like what God said to Joshua in Joshua 13. He said, Joshua, you're old and stricken with years. Now, if somebody tells us that, how would that make us feel? You know, you're old, you're decrepit, you've got one foot in the grave. You know, that kind of thing. But he says, you're old and stricken with years. And he said, and yet there's still much land to be possessed. Do you believe that God actually is in control of things? I do. And do you believe that the Lord actually has you here at this place? And I understand some are traveling through, but you're here at this time in in our culture. Just by happen chance? Absolutely not. And does God actually provide a place like this for a local church that still stands on truth, that still preaches clearly? the doctrines of the Bible, that really seeks to, not in a proud, haughty way, but just wants to do right and actually have services that are Christ-honoring instead of going into 
to, I went into a church, and don't mean to be critical, but it's an observation, uh, for a funeral uh, up where we are. And in years gone by, it was a large independent Baptist church in that area. I went in, and they've actually got a coffee shop in the foyer, which I'm not saying that that's necessarily bad. I'm not, uh, I like coffee. But then when we walked into the auditorium, it's, especially up in this area, it's all black. The lights are dim, and, and I can see there's all kinds of instruments, and I like instruments and stuff, but, but when I got in there, just the ambience, it wasn't the ambience of a church. And, you know, I looked around, and I spoke out too loudly. I mean, we had a, there were several of us from Gateway, and I'm looking around, I'm seeing some things, and, and I said, you know what, I, I'm too old for the ministry. I mean, I, I'm, yeah, I must be, I mean, I can't, I can't see going that way when it's just, it really just appeals to the, to the flesh. But at the same time, do you realize there are people out there that are looking for something like this? A church where they can hear truth? And I think sometimes we sit back and, and we may knock on a few doors and the seed falls on stony ground and, and all the different kinds. But, but you know, God promises there's good ground out there. And when you look down your row, it's seven. With you, it's six or, or, or five. Could you just claim that as yours? Preacher, what are you saying? Lord, I want to fill this row just this row. I'd love to see the church filled, and, but I can't fill the whole thing. But you know what? I claim this row as my row. Now, I say that, listen, don't next Sunday, if somebody comes in and they're sitting on your row, don't tell them, hey, you can't sit there. That's my row. But, you know, but, but still, could you not do that? We could. Do you know, I, I see so many, and you know better than I do, I see the, the gated communities, which are nice. But do you realize your pastor can't just go up and knock on doors there? But I would guarantee some of you have friends in those gated communities. Now, we can mail out flyers and things like that. But what a difference is, again, if we get back to this thing, dear God, I'm yours. In the morning as we're, we're lying in bed, if we say, Lord, this is my altar... And today, I give you this day of my life. That's what this is talking about. You say, well, I remember I did way back then, and and I used to teach Sunday school, or I used to do that or that, and that's wonderful. But God's given me life today. And he's given me life today to be a Romans 12.1 Christian. Present my body to him. I'm really getting into that group where I have more opportunities now to witness to doctors than I ever did. Many more time in in doctor's offices than I want to, but at the same time, and I can mumble and grumble about it, but at the same time, there's open doors of opportunity there to be a witness. And you know, as long as I start my day with that truth, Dear God, I'm yours today. I'm not, I don't have the stamina I did in years gone by. 
I might not have the mental sharpness that I used to have. I definitely don't have the hearing that I used to have, nor the eyesight that I used to have. But what I have today, and you're aware of it, I give it to you. Lord, help me to use it for your honor and glory. We're told in two of the epistles that everything we, we do, we ought to do it for the glory of God. Now, again, it's wonderful that this place, for the glory of God, what you've, what's been done here and what you've agreed to do here. But let's talk about the glory of God in, in you and in me. And realize that He wants to use you and me. And that's an amazing thing. He wants to use, especially since I'll be leaving in a couple of days, but He wants to use y'all to fill these pews. Amen. And you know what? He could do it. You say, well, I've never really witnessed to somebody before in my life. What a great time to start. Do you know what I find? If you're just honest with somebody, and you know, don't try and come on like you're a, a theologian, but just carry gospel tracts in your pocket or in your purse. And then, you know, when you go to hand that track out, say, yeah, you may feel kind of funny at first, but you say, you know what, this track, that what's in this track changed my life. And I want to share it with you. And granted, you can give the invitation to church, but, but if you begin like that, you say, well, preacher, I just don't think I can do that. If you have the Spirit of God indwelling you, you can. Acts 1 says, ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. What's that power for? It's for witnessing. You know, Acts chapter 4, what did the early church pray for when persecution started? They didn't say, Lord, get us out of the persecution. They said, Lord, give us boldness. And there's some of us, we're not bold in and of ourselves. And, and Lord, help us to be bold. But I found I don't have to be brash and rude, but I can be bold. I can be frank. Uh, yeah, and you can do that as well. And it might be with neighbors. It might be with family. It might be with somebody in the grocery store. Why is it sometimes we, we get in a line at the grocery store and we may be the only one? What a great opportunity. Not to sit there and park and, and preach to the young lady or man behind that's you know checking you out for an hour. But at the same time, to share a gospel track with them. Or if someone talks about, uh, one time there was a lady in front of me and, or, or behind me, and, and so I offered to let her go first. She had more things in, my, in her basket than I did. And she says, no, I'm fine. She says, I've got nothing to do you know, the rest of my day or something like that. I forget. But anyway, just open up the door. And again, just for witness. See, that's that part of presenting my body a living sacrifice. And then something else, in a practical way, if we're going to do this, if we're going to dedicate this place, I think it's obvious then, let's make it a priority to be here, which you, you did today. But it, just be consistent. I know sometimes there are Ill, physical problems and reasons we can't. But let's not just give in to, I just don't feel like it. If we do that, we may not come but once, in a, uh, once a month or something like that. Let's say, dear God, help. wouldn't it be a shame if somebody that you gave a track to actually comes to church and then you're not here? 
<laughs> I mean, it could happen. Don't underestimate what God can do. You know what? We're In a lot of ways, we're right where you are. Over the course of two and a half years, I, I've buried 12 men. Excuse me. And some of them, I really, I, a lot of, most of them were younger than me. And, and some of them, I really thought, you know, praise God. I mean, we're going to serve the Lord here for years. They were involved as ushers. They were involved as, a lot of them, as far as in the maintenance and, yard, you know, doing the yard work and all these different things. And God had different plans. And so, if you could imagine, just in a short period of time, the, the whole, if I could use the word, the whole dynamic of the church changed. Because with the 12 men, that meant now there were 12 widows. And then a couple of the men lost their wives. And so just a lot of things changed. And I look at now and the majority of our, our congregation is retired. But you know what we have? Now we have a couple of young families. And I mean little bitty hyperactive kids running around. And they're, they're not as consistent as the older people. But we're starting to see some things. We have some couples in their 50s and 60s, well, actually I guess in their 60s, that, that are visiting now. We've got one of the ladies, one of our ladies is bringing a neighbor and that, and that neighbor and her husband have never really been in church. And you know, then we're just seeing, granted, I would have loved to have seen the continued growth. We were up, you know, bumping about 100, 110. And I mean, that just kind of bottomed out. And so now we're rebuilding again. But that's okay. Because we're seeing God can do it. And he can begin to just raise things up. He can do that here. I know you're in Florida, and in Florida is, is you know, it's either, uh, you know, people come for vacation and things like that, or retirement, but at the same time, God can build this church right back up. And the thing is, He'll use not just this man and this lady, He wants to use you. And you know what? There's, there's no greater joy. <laughs> there is no greater joy than when you have somebody walk through that door that you personally invited to church. And especially when, when you see them begin to come and they start coming kind of regular. And then the next thing you know, you see them step out to come forward to get saved. Or you have the joy of sitting down with the Bible and leading them to Christ. You say, well, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know. You, you can. You can. If we get right back to this today, present your body a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your... It's the reasonable service. It's reasonable. In light of Calvary, it's reasonable. And you know what? What a great way to dedicate this building. If those of us that are in this building first say, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. Use me. Make me uh, just an instrument that's used by you. May you constantly be glorified through my walk in this life.